couple of factors to consider here. Um, the first is, is that if she is, in fact, under the age of 18, then we have a whole separate issue because now this is the creation and distribution of child pornography, um, which is a, sort of a unique thing composed to if she is, in fact, over the age of 18. Um, then then we fall into an interesting problem within the law in that there's not... I mean, there are things that can be done, but there's not a specific crime for it. But there are many facts, you know, there are, there are elements that the person in the video could use to protect themselves. Um, I think the more... And so so the, the, the fact that her age is inflated on Facebook is... Um, I mean, that is dubious because in terms of the U.S. law, people under the age of 14 aren't allowed using Facebook anyway. So it's very likely that she lied about her age, so that can't be used as an indicator. Um, so, I mean, I, let's, let's assume that she is, in fact, under the age of 14. Um, then, in terms of the Forms and Publications Act, um, that is the creation and distribution of child pornography, which is a crime. Um, so, And this is, becomes interesting because... It appears that she is the creator of that content. So she herself is guilty of a crime for creating that content. She is also then guilty of another crime of sending it to somebody else. The fact that she is the subject in that picture is irrelevant from a legal perspective. Mm -hmm. um, the person who shared it without her consent is also then guilty of a crime of, of, a crime of distribution of child pornography, um, just as she was when she sent it to the boyfriend. The fact that they didn't have permission is, is irrelevant in this matter. It is the handling and distribution of child pornography as a crime itself. And what is interesting from a social media perspective is everybody who has shared that video is guilty of the distribution of child pornography. And so is equally liable for a crime in terms of the law. Um, and, sort of, and this is sort of where we see the problem arise, is that the law as it currently stands is a fairly blunt instrument. Um, and it's not really appropriate, and that they, you know, it's, she is clearly the victim in this, this stance. Whether she should have made a videotape of her uh, herself performing sexual acts, mm -hmm. it, you know, is, is you know, should she really be penalised that to the full extent of the law? That is currently the case, especially since there was no intention on her behalf to make it public. Um, and so that's where we're starting to see, for example, there have been proposed amendments to the Forms and Publications Board Act, uh, the Cybercrimes and Cybersecurities Bill, uh, as well sort of try to add a, a degree of nuance to these crimes, um, where the victim in this case would be protected and not be equally liable for um, committing the crime. Um, in the, uh, the Forms and Publications Amendment Bill and in the Cybercrimes Bill, there's the provision for the creation of a new crime called uh, to deal with explicitly with revenge porn, which is what the sounds, sort of the circumstances around it sound like that. It's where uh, a third party without the permission of the person who created the content is distributed. Um, and it is normally done to shame the person who uh, created the content in the first place, in, in, for example, where we have a relationship between a boyfriend and a girlfriend, once the relationship deteriorates, one of the parties in that relationship would then, as an act of vengeance, release any uh, sexual media that the couple had created, for example, or had been sent to them. So what are the consequences in this regard? And I find it interesting that you mentioned that she is also a perpetrator of the crime, having spread this video. And created the video. I mean, I mean this is... This is the other thing is that the act of creation itself, if it is child pornography, 
is also. So, I mean, there's actually two crimes that she's committed herself. I think this is something that people don't know because they think that whoever is whoever spreads the video is the perpetrator of the crime. So, in terms of Sesetu, as she calls herself, what are the consequences for her? Um, okay, so assuming she gets prosecuted, because I don't, I don't know if it is in the interest of justice, really, and I, I can't see a judge or a magistrate or the National Prosecuting Authority. Um, I, I don't think it would be wise uh, from a public mores or so from public... Um, for it, it's not in the interest of justice that she be prosecuted for this, but theoretically at least, um, I, I, I need to check... Um, what the sorry, I, I need to check the sentences very quickly, but I think it's up to 25 years in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, it is child pornography and the distribution of child, child pornography is a very serious crime in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there, I mean, there is criminal, there is prison time associated uh, with with the offence. So potentially, she is exposed herself to jail time, and everybody who has shared, liked. Or distributed, and not just the originating person. Anybody who has shared it on social media is equally liable, and could all face the prospect of distributing child pornography in terms of the law. What I found interesting, having tracked the story, uh, there were numerous people asking for inboxes, for example, on Facebook, and so that people would share it on WhatsApp, for example. So, and I imagine that it is a difficult task to track every individual who shared the video. So, what does the law provide for in that particular matter? So, again, this is one of those interesting things, is is that everybody who's done it has actually committed the crime. Um, And then the normal law of evidence and prosecution and discovery and and sort of investigation would apply. The police have the power to investigate. Um, If they were really wanting to go everybody, they could technically subpoena WhatsApp, which is actually Facebook, to then get the relevant numbers and individually prosecute people. Uh, But that's highly unlikely. Again, it's not... This is one of those... You know, people don't know that it's a crime to do it, so there's no intention there. Um, but And also, it's a waste of public resources. Um, they would likely only go after the person who originally distributed it. Um, I, don't, I can't foresee the police going after everybody who actually shared or, 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 um, or liked or distributed it in some other manner by, say, taking it into private channels through WhatsApp or uh, Messenger or any of the other private instant messaging applications that are out there. It's just not feasible for them to actually track it down. Um, uh, but, I mean, it does raise questions around our society, I think, and this is a challenge that I know uh, the Forms and Publications Board has been trying to address, and I know it's something that uh, the police force, for example, also faces, and I think it's something as a society we need to confront, is why are people wanting to share videos of child pornography? You know, how is that okay? Why is that something that you're interested in doing? Why would you want to see that? Um, and, you know, people don't, they don't seem to reflect on the harm that this is causing to the victim or could cause to the victim. Because normally what we see in these sort of instances is that uh, she now within her local community is going to become heavily ostracized for this fact. Um, it's highly unlikely that people are going to sympathize and empathize with her. Um, they're not going to see her the victim of a crime, etc. 
understand, you know, that we have this sort of this whole concept of slut shaming, um, in that she is now going to be victimized even further because of the actions of a third party, and there is this perverse desire by our public to share this video with as many people as possible. Um, and so the, the idea is, is that hopefully people, if people were aware of it's a crime, if they know it's a crime, that would hopefully stop some people from spending it. But I think we need to have a much better look internally at ourselves and say, well, why would you want to look at that in the first place? You know, why would you want to share that with your friends? How is that the right thing? Um, and I think we need to ask some very deep questions of ourselves as a society. Um, the law can only go so far, especially in the internet medium, where often the means of control are outside of South African borders, so it becomes exceptionally difficult to prosecute mm -hmm. and to get the relevant information. And also people can very easily create fake accounts, so obscuring their identity, so effective prosecution beyond the original distributor becomes exceptionally difficult. And I suppose since people don't necessarily know that this is a crime, they aren't aware of the ramifications behind it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. They, I mean, but you see, the, the, I, I mean, I, and I give talks at schools around these sort of issues a long time. But um, I, to me, I think it's a, it's it's a bit of a red herring that this is a crime. Yes, I mean, of course it's a crime, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't not be sharing it because it's a crime. And I think that's my deeper point, is why are people sharing child pornography in the first place? Why, you know, how does that, how does a, a reasonable, forward-thinking person think that that is an appropriate and reasonable thing to do, mm -hmm. to share with their group of friends, regardless of what the law says? And that... That, to me, is the real issue. I mean, we can, and so the, the Forms of Publications Board, Parliament, we've got this slew of legislation that is trying to combat this issue and trying to deal with the technical uh, and logistical issues of prosecution in the digital space. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I mean, and, and those difficulties are hard, and I don't know of a country in the world that has managed to satisfactorily deal with this. Um, but... It's never, it, until ourselves as a society fix that perverse need to, to share that, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's the issue, you know. It, it's, it's almost insane that we need to create specialist legislation to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's my concern, is, is that people, let's say, I just reiterate what I said earlier, it, it shouldn't, you shouldn't not be sharing this because it's a crime. You shouldn't be sharing it because it's the wrong thing to do. Um, and I don't know if the law is going to be, or sort of strict criminal sanctions, which do exist, if that's going to be sufficient to deter people from doing it in the future. And that is, uh, I find, disturbing and sad. And I don't know if you were aware of the hashtag hands off our social media where there was speculation around the government trying to regulate what is shared on social media. Do you think that we need stricter laws? Okay, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a vocal advocate against... I've been in Parliament, I've been fighting against the Forms and Publications Board on a lot of their amendments to the bill. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I'm deeply involved in that process, and I do not agree with a large portion of what those bills contain. Do I think we need stricter laws? Yes, I think there is there is a lot of scope where people are abusing the internet. I don't think that the um, potential um, 
or sort of the, the scope of the laws that have been mooted in the Forms and Publications Amendment Bill and Cybercrime and Cybersecurities Bill are, well, are, are the right way of doing this because they're not actually going to address the issue. Um, and they are so subject to abuse for other reasons that it's, you know, it, it's not, one, it's not going to fix the problem in the first place. Um, and it well, then opens itself for, for abuse. Um, in terms of that, it allows you to close down not just harmful content like child pornography, don't get me wrong. I mean, we should definitely be trying to stop that. But the law that's currently written would allow other content. It, it, it talks about harmful content in a much broader sense. And harmful is anything that can lead to sort of emotional distress. So if someone, um, you know, sort of the, 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 what we are concerned about in that regard, it's things like political cartoons, satire, for example, could potentially be pulled from the Internet um, because, you know, that hurts someone's feelings and now that's harmful. And that's not really what this legislation should be trying to deal with. So I'm absolutely on board for stricter regulations um, and better logistical and legal mechanisms to deal with very real and very serious issues like the distribution of child pornography on social media. Um, but the very broad ambit of the laws that have been proposed are not adequate, well, are not the correct way of doing it. And I think the biggest issue, and it's something that hasn't been addressed by these laws, is that they're not, it's, this is going to, it's not something that South Africa can do alone at least. We need a much higher level, broader international framework that will allow proper cooperation between the various police, um, uh, between the police departments across different nations, but also the companies that own these social media policies, um, platforms, uh, Twitter, Google, Facebook. They all need to be taking a far more active role in being able to remove harmful content once it's detected. Um, and they need to be, I think they need to have procedures in place to be far more active to enable law enforcement to successfully prosecute people who are distributing this content on their platforms. And that's not something, as much as the Forms and Publications Board, as much as the Department of Justice would like to think, that's not something that the existing legislation is doing, or at least it's not doing that exclusively. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that they're trying to throw in there. So I completely agree with the hand, hashtag hands off my social uh, media. Um, what is a pity is, is that those the, the proposed bills have significant improvements around child pornography, for example, and the prosecution of that. It's just that it's lumped in with so much other bad stuff that it. What, what is likely to happen is, is that the bills are going to fail on a constitutional basis and those very much needed amendments will not get passed at the expense because there's overreach from, from Parliament. And let's say, for example, because she hasn't necessarily come out and declare her age, uh, let's say she isn't a minor, are there any differences within legislation? Okay, so if she's not a minor, then it gets a little bit more interesting. Um, so... Currently, there's nothing explicitly that she can rely on, per se. Um, it's obviously a breach of privacy. She has a constitutional right to that. Um, it's potentially she could rely on the law of defamation, for example. Um, a, a clever person, she could try and use the current forms and publications uh, act, so this is prior to the amendments, because 
uh, the clip itself would constitute as pornographic material that should receive an R rating, an R18 uh, age categorization, and it is illegal in the country to distribute that without the sufficient categorization in the license. So there is a similar ambit to argue, well, everyone who's distributed it online is now guilty of a crime in that, that sense. But that is, the penalties attached to that are nowhere near as strict as they are for, for child pornography. Um, and the other problem is as well is that often in the cases where she is in fact over the age of 18, um, the, we run into similar problems in that um, she, the mechanisms that she has and the crimes that she has to rely on aren't a proper fit for what's really happened. And finding a, a police, for example, a police station that has the understanding of what's going on, finding a magistrate or a judge who will uh, be able to accept those arguments and prosecute and, and sentence accordingly is difficult. And that's the reason why we have this new legislation to try and fit this gap. So there is some possibilities there, but it becomes a much harder case for her as a victim to be able to prove. Um, there's a, the, the existing legislation is a much poorer fit. Um, and so, like I said, there is a specific crime now that is created both in the Cyber Crimes Bill and the Forms and Publications Amendment Bill around revenge porn. So it's the, it's the disclosure of um, intimate uh, material or intimate content that was never intended to be publicly available. And if somebody does that, that in terms of the new the proposed bills, that would then be a separate crime. And that then becomes much easier to prosecute because it's something that you can point to. It's specifically tailored to the situation. Um, uh, currently, though, you either then relying on sort of abstract concepts like the right to privacy um, and uh, sort of defamation, which are um, tools that you could use and they're potentially good tools, but they're 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 not as um, nuanced or not as fit for purpose as the specific proposed laws in the.